Welcome to the Magic Pisces Podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the clear blue skies, and before the great awakening. Magic Pisces Podcast. I don't know if I'd suggest drinking ayahuasca or not. It certainly will blow your mind to pieces. That's for damn sure. And then put Humpty Dumpty back together in a way you know, that that is much different from the Humpty Dumpty who fell. Same with acid. I was just talking to a friend who um, was telling me about their one and only acid trip and how, you know, it's just, it's like there are things you can't unsee. I don't even know what they are. I don't even know how to explain to it, uh, explain it. Like I'm, one of the things I'm struggling with in the book that I'm slowly and surely finishing up is explaining what it's like to be tripping and it's impossible like it's impossible to explain what it's like to be tripping it's like explaining what a dream is or something like you could tell the person what happened in the dream but explaining the actual dream is impossible right because there's like no frame of reference or, or something um unless another person has dreamed right so like if you're talking about someone who's done acid like, yeah, you know when you're tripping and, and they're like, yeah, I totally know. But trying to explain that to a person that's never done it is impossible. They're like, I kind of know what you mean, but not really at all. And they have this way of illustrating to you um, or conveying to you that they have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. I remember the kids in high school who are like the acid pioneers, you know, the 17-year-olds who are explaining it to the 16-year-olds <laughs> what it's like to ingest this trans you know life transform forming substance this substance that is so powerful it shocked the establishment to such an extent that like they made it a federal offense to to deal with it one day it was like legal and the next day you go to prison for 25 years for selling it and you know three or four or five or six years for possessing it you could be a kid on grateful dead tour with like 10 hits in your tie-dyed hip sack and get caught by the cops for being stupid um maybe acting a little too free and go to prison for like seven years or 10 years or longer you know there are a lot of deadheads who are just now being released from prison they were like 18 years old 19 year olds old on dead tour they get picked up for doing something stupid and they get out of prison 25 years later or they get set up you know they get set up by by some undercover DEA agent on the dead lot in the parking lot, and they get out of prison 25 years later. Um, if you Google deadheads behind bars, there'll be all sort of links to um, like articles about deadheads who are just now getting out of prison, who just got out of prison, not that, you know, got out of prison not that long ago. That's fucked up because when you're, the, the second you, like, it's weird because the thing about entering down a dark path is you don't realize you're entering down a dark path. That's like Yoda says, once you enter down that dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny. I would agree with Yoda, but it doesn't need to dominate your destiny. But having it, be, having it undominate you is a challenge. You know, for me, it took a couple of treatment centers. It took a thousand 12-step meetings in the first year. Uh, maybe not that many, 700, something like that, and a pretty serious commitment to change everything. So the recovery guys come into rehab and they say, the uh, the only thing you have to change is everything, and you're like, what? <laughs> and then you realize that 
you do have the power within you, but exerting that power will be quite possibly the most challenging thing you've ever done. But when you're a kid and you're 16 years old and the 17-year-old kid says, oh, you should take acid, it's, it's impossible to have a bad trip. It'll be basically, it'll be great. You'll love it. Um, you don't realize that you could very possibly be entering down a very, very, very dark path. And so my dark path lasted from the ages of, from the age of 16 until the age of 30. So I had a 16-year dark path. And it did dominate my destiny. And at the end of the road, it really dominated my destiny. And you could have your destiny dominated by a bunch of different things. Um, I had a like, sort of a date last night, and we were talking about porn. I guess it's, it's probably a pretty good date if you're talking about porn. But um, I think we're just friends. And that's all good. But, um, you know, porn is something that can very easily dominate your destiny. Drugs obviously dominate your destiny. Uh, the news and phones are starting to be something that dominates your destiny. I'm, I'm prone to having my destiny dominated by my phone a lot. Turning the phone off and making a podcast is incredibly challenging. Turning the, uh, the phone off and doing my writing is incredibly challenging. And it's a, it's a cool little life hack to just turn your phone off for an hour and the internet off for an hour or two hours or three hours or four hours. I think I talked about that last week, but... Um, if you can go three hours without any sort of digital anything, you're winning. You know, you are winning, and there are ways to subvert what's happening. Um, speaking of, I think that it looks like the Canadian truckers might have kind of won the things. There are two provinces in Alberta were basically like, fuck you, Trudeau. <laughs> we're not mandating this shit. You've been dividing everybody. Screw you. And the those... Uh, that's going into effect, I think, at the end of the month at the latest. And um, check out the Russell Brand video. He's got a few good videos on the, the Canadian truckers. Now, the Canadian truckers are being made out by the MSM. The, I, I, I'm one of those mainstream media people, um, anti-mainstream media people, but they're being made out to be like, you know, this slovenly group of racist Canadian rednecks. I think there's some Americans there, too. Um and I don't know. I mean, it's, it is sort of funny to think about. I, I don't think the average trucker is listening to NPR. I think the average trucker would be more inclined to listen to Limbaugh or Shapiro or somebody. But hey, um, there is something truly revolutionary happening in the sense that the people are taking the power back. And I think you could argue that this is one of the most powerful or profound um, protests in, in recent history. If they have actually gotten two provinces in Canada to rescind the mandates and to get the politicians to change their tunes. Um, there was a particularly disturbing quote by Justin Trudeau in Rachel, uh, Rachel, Russell Brand's um, YouTube video, he says, but there are also people who are fiercely against vaccination who don't believe in science. They're often misogynists and often racists. He's speaking in French. That's, um, that's disturbing. That's very disturbing uh, othering. As a person who's been othered, I can't begin to express to you the impact that othering or being the victim or the subject of othering has on a person's soul, ultimately. 
That's a really fucking fucked up thing to say and have people listen to and go, yeah, they're all racist and misogynists. I'm not racist. I'm not misogynist. Um, I try not to be at least. No. Um, I respect women and I respect all people, no matter what color, ethnic background, etc. cetera. Um, so that's a, um, that's a really fucked up thing to not only say, but to know that millions of people are hearing and agreeing with and then going out into the world believing, projecting, etc. I think the pandemic would be fascinating. If you were to just explore the phenomenon of the pandemic through the lens of people's projections and you were able to isolate every single thing that each person was projecting and how the morphic fields of those projections are interacting or the vibrational frequencies, rather, of those those uh, projection fields are interacting, that would be fascinating. That would be a fascinating study. Infinite in complexity. So, you know, yay for the truckers. Are the truckers probably more inclined to be, quote, right wing? Um, probably. They're probably listening to the ghost of Rush Limbaugh versus NPR, but they're making a difference. Um are there going to be fringe groups within the trucker movement who are perhaps racist or misogynistic? Very likely. Um, but it's like if you if you just look at the the typical Black Lives Matter protester, right? Typical Black Lives Matter protester, you know, nice person, just wants the world to be a better place, was deeply moved by the vulgarity of the Derek Chauvin incident in wants to go out in the street and let people know that they're committed to a better America. That's the typical Black Lives Matter protester, right? Wonderful person. And then you've got like the fringe groups, the Antifa people burning body or burning bodies, burning Bibles, you know, in around little fires that they're setting in the streets of Portland, right? So that's the fringe, right? And the right wing fringe and the left wing fringe, you could get them together and take off their uniforms and they probably have a good old time together, right? Um, or they, they might just eat each other alive with their own hatred. Talk about projection. So um, it's funny because I had this right-wing client years ago, and um, I've mentioned this person before, but I remember that they were um, pissed. They were posting on Facebook about the stupid Chicago public schools protesters and um, how stupid they were for blocking traffic. And these trucker protests in the streets of Canada are, um, I think it's Ottawa, right? Yeah, it's Ottawa. The Ottawa truckers are like blocking the streets and it's, and they're honking their horns and it's totally obnoxious to people and people aren't appreciative of it. Um, so, you know, you've got more conservative oriented people doing their thing. You've got more liberal oriented people doing the thing. You've got traffic being blocked. You've got people pissed off that the traffic is blocked. And then you've got the elected officials forced to make a decision because society is being disrupted and they say that the supply chains um, could very likely be um, significantly impacted soon. And then you've got the politicians going, okay, fine, you're right. And then you've got um, politicians calling out other politicians for being divisive and taking this public health crisis and politicizing it. And and you've got, it's, it occurs as if, truth is becoming more in the forefront. It just 
occurs is if there are more people sort of just waking up and realizing they don't hate their neighbors and then they're having conversations with those neighbors. I use the word neighbors metaphorically, but every time I call someone up on the phone, call someone up on the phone who I disagree with on Facebook, we don't even get to the Facebook disagreement. We're just talking about, you know, the weather or whatever, as I've said before. So pick up a friend, you pick up the phone and call a friend you disagree with on social media and talk about the weather and see how that goes and the world will become a better place. Ultimately, you know, I know I realized at the beginning of the pandemic, I, j I did get um, sort of seduced or um, I did get a little bit um, divisive in my language and in some of the things that I said. I realize I am not an imperfect or I realize that I'm not a perfect human being by any stretch. And all you can do is course correct on that. And, you know, it kind of it's. That's what I see Joe Rogan doing is wanting to course correct. And this is why, you know, this is where my frustration regarding the left, the left um, sort of starts to bubble or percolate because in the same way that I talked about how othering, being othered, being labeled as the unvaccinated has an impact on the soul. So does censorship, being censored. So, you know, it's censorship is in a lot of ways, if you look at censorship through the lens of spirit, spirituality, um, censorship is very much cutting off the flow of that soul's particular expression. And, and so did, you know, I guess there was this, Joe Rogan said something about getting out of his car in Mississippi or Memphis or some, some place, I'm not going to look it up, but I'm um, in setting, he felt like he was in, in the planet of the apes. Now, you know, as a public figure, that's not something you should say, and as a listener of Joe Rogan, that's something I would say, hey, Joe, hey, dude, like you probably shouldn't say that. And you should hold him to a higher standard for sure. Um, telling Joe Rogan he should not have the right to say anything at all ever again that the population or that millions of people will be able to hear is that's really fucked up. That's really demented. And then, of course, the art, there are those who make the argument, well, um, Spotify is a, pub, is, a, is a private company. They get to choose whatever they want to do with Joe Rogan because they're a business. Yeah, I get that, but there's a great big but there. But, you know, these private tech companies have taken over the world in a lot of ways, right? So, you know, let's say, hey, Joe, dude, try not to refer to, African-American neighborhoods or communities. Um, try not to call the ghetto Planet of the Apes next time. Can we hold you to that? Now, I think Joe Rogan is very likely to go, you know what, I will do my absolute best. I will commit to not using that sort of language to describe the inner cities, right? And, and can we just leave it at that? But I was talking to a friend yesterday who was telling me about his leftist friend who just believes it should be banned because he said the N-word. And I guess I guess a lot of it, I haven't watched Joe Rogan's N-word montage, but I guess a lot of it um, is like him quoting rap lyrics or reading rap lyrics. He's not calling anybody the N-word. Um, so I, I just, but it, it looks sort of like spirit is kind of on the side of Rogan in this. It just seems like people are just sick of the woke dividedness and more and more are just getting hip to um, 
the the game that the media has been playing with the minds of the people. Um, this whole uh, trust the science thing really inspired me. So I started looking into the science. I'll include in the show notes a couple of uh, links to uh, a link to the Dr. Tina podcast. I think I included a link to her uh, a, a previous episode of her in the last episode or a couple episodes ago. Maybe not. And then there's also a link to a research study. That research study is entitled Innate Immune Suppression by SARS-CoV-2 mRNA Vaccinations, colon, The Role of G-Quadruplexes, Exosomes, and MicroRNAs. Incredibly technical. The podcast of the Dr. Tina, the episode of the Dr. Tina podcast episode is an interview with this guy, Greg Nye, who is one of the co-authors of the paper. And it, <laughs> terrifying at best. And I'm interested in what the scientific refutation of it is. So if you wanted to refute this article, I just looked at it before I started recording the podcast. It's got 208 citations and it's 32 very, 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 very dense pages long. And I believe it took them approximately six months to sort of compile it. Like, oh, it's like this guy's basically this guy's full-time job compiling this, the information that he put together into this, these people compiling information that they put together into this paper. I could be wrong about that, but it's certainly an undertaking, right? Um, but um, the the one thing I took away from it is that the vax, the, the, the vax, it's not even a vax. It's just this, you know, it's this gene-altering thing. Um, and the more I learn about it, the more I'll be able to, in my own words, articulate exactly what it is. Um, in a way that people can understand, or that I guess that I can understand. But the um, the one of the, the the key takeaways I got from it is that it interferes interferes with the production or the activation of a particular substance called interferon alpha. There's three types of interferon: um, interferon alpha and two others. And there's multiple subgroups of these interferons. But interferons are basically the first line of defense against a bunch of different viruses and a bunch of cancers. Um, it's the body's first, like the, as soon as the body detects a cancer cell, it interferon alpha is one of the first, or I think, I believe it's the first line of defense against it, along with other viruses, including onconoviruses, which are like cancer viruses, onconovirus, like um, HPV, like it, you know, women get HPV and then they get ovarian cancer. If you get HPV in your throat, you can end up with throat cancer. So interferon alpha is, is fundamental in that. And the more um, of this substance that you get injected into your body, the more of the interferon alpha that is shut down. Now, you can listen to the podcast. I listen to the podcast at least three times all the way through. It's two separate episodes. It's probably an hour and 35 minutes, both of them combined, maybe a little less. And I also read the study. So I was reading the study, parts of the study, and then I was going back and I was listening to the podcast. The more I read the study, the more the podcast made sense. The more I listened to the podcast, the more the study made sense, right? Um, but in this was not a couple of conspiracy theorists talking about the great big evil plan and the depopulation agenda that Cliff High refers to all of this as. This was uh, two scientists, one a natural, I believe they're yeah they're both naturopathic doc physicians, uh, discussing scientific stuff, and so you can't just come out and call that misinformation um, by listening to it one time. You would actually have to refute the claims it makes scientifically. And again, this paper has over 200 citations and is 32 pages long. So 
that's what I want to hear. I want to see. I want to hear the scientific refutation of this. That I that I artic- Is that the right phrasing? Scientific refutation. Anyway, I want them. I want someone to scientifically refute it, saying, "Well, the paper states this. We found out from our research that this is in fact the case." Um, one of the other findings of this paper was that there could potentially be a um, a myelin problem. And what happens in Alzheimer's patients is the myelin sheath that connects the two sides of a neuron breaks down. The myelin sheath, there's basically like if you take a little brain neuron and you imagine that there's this little tiny like uh, electrified wire wrapped up in rubber, the rubber, like just like your iPhone cord or whatever, the rubber is the myelin sheath. And what happens, I actually knew this prior. I was pretty impressed. I was like, I know what myelin sheaths are. But anyway, in um, the uh, if you get Alzheimer's, the myelin sheath wears away. And so the neurons, the two different sides of the neurons in the brain aren't communicating the way they normally would. And then you get memory problems and then you wither away from dementia, which is an awful thing. Um, this is a testament to Joe Rogan and the amazingness of his podcast. There's an interview with um, Paul Stamets, who's this mushroom. He's like the mushroom genius of the world. But they um, they did an experiment on lab. It's either lab rats or mice. But what they did was they mixed a little bit of lion's mane mushroom with a little bit of psilocybin, magic mushrooms, and they gave the they gave this substance to the rats that they had given an injection that in, essentially induced Alzheimer's in the rats. They gave them this injection that, as, as I said, gave the rats Alzheimer's, and then they gave them this mixture of lion's mane mushrooms and magic mushrooms, and within a couple of weeks, the process reversed. So the myelin sheath started to put themselves back together, started to be rebuilt, and then the mice or uh, rats regained their motor function. You can sift through Joe Rogan's podcasts and podcast episodes and find that. It's, an, it's another one of those three-hour talks, right, which is another thing that irritates me in this quest to cancel Rogan is that these each one of his talks is three hours long. They're just packed with information and nuance and curiosity and all sorts of different things. And, and Joe Rogan is also very challenging to his guests on a regular basis, and he also gets owned occasionally, right? Um, but the, the vaccine, um, as this paper, I think, partial, partially concluded is that it could lead to the breakdown of the myelin sheaths. And so then you're looking at potentially very large scale increases in dementia types of disorders. And he mentions a specific type of dementia. Now, this is what happens when you start saying, trust the science. So the ego part of me wants to go, fuck you, Jen Saki, you fucking bitch. What the fuck is wrong with you? And then sort of rant from that place. Like, that's just the stupidest shit ever, which it is the stupidest shit ever. But going, okay, I will start looking at the science. And then you start looking at the science, and then it's like you discover that you can actually go into the, you just go to the Journal of the American Medicine website and download, you know, medical journal artic- articles in medical journals, journals, uh, council, uh, not council approved, um, uh, what's the peer reviewed journals and medical articles so or in in this medical journal so i i found an article in on um natural immunity versus vaccination immunity in the journal of american medicine and i downloaded it and now it's in pdf form in a folder in my computer so if they erase it i will always have it and i can decimate that is that the word decimate disseminate that um i don't want to decimate that information but um so yeah that's 
I'm trusting the science by reading this article on natural. It might not be on natural immunity versus vaccination immunity. It might just be on natural immunity. But basically, the paper concludes that natural immunity lasts for up to 20 months. Now, up to 20 months is basically the entire pandemic. So if you got COVID and you recovered, you have natural immunity. There's no reason to get the vaccination is basically what this article, peer-reviewed article in this medical journal is saying. Trust the science, right? That's me trusting the science. Um, and so... I'm, I'm seeking if I am going to engage people, it's going to be with that. Um, so, you know, there's part of me that sees this doctor I know on Facebook saying, get the vax, get the vax, get the vax, and wants to post in the comments, well, can you comment on this particular paper and its findings regarding interferon alpha um, being suppressed in vaccinated individuals, right? Um, and coming at for that angle, or it's there's another part of me that's like, is it even worth it? And then there's a part of me that's like, should doctors be pimping the vax? They actually should not at all. They are to it's informed consent. These are the risks. These are the benefits. I don't have a recommendation. You decide. I believe that's how they're supposed to go about it. Um, I also started fishing around in the VAERS website, the, so the vax, Vaccination Adverse Effects Reactions, VAERS, V-A-E-R-S, Vaccines Adverse Effects Reactions, whatever, look it up. Um, and there are eight, over 8,000 documented vaccine deaths, and um, it's been estimated that that is probably five times less um, than there actually have been. And then I heard of another study, it's not peer-reviewed, but that was saying that there have been over 100, between 150 and 180,000 deaths. Um, I just heard that, I don't know. I, I would have to dig back through a bunch of shit to find that one. Um, and then I've also heard two doctors say that you can't just, there are people saying that VAERS reporting is inaccurate. Anybody can report to VAERS. Apparently, it's a federal offense to misreport to VAERS. And it's a fairly lengthy and involved process. You're welcome to go to VAERS and try to report something and do your own research on that, come to your own conclusions on that. But um, I have heard that it's a federal offense to misreport and that there are 8,000 cases reported. I just went to VAERS and I figured out how to do a search and I searched through, through COVID vaccines and I scrolled down to death and there were over 8,000 of them reported, right? Um, that's, I mean, that's not to mention maybe what happened with Bob Saget, right? What happened with Bob Saget? It's so weird. Bob Saget just gets boosted and then he fucking dies. And then there's this cover up there's this article they like go out of their way to explain how he died they're like oh we really want to be clear and let you know that everybody in bob saget's family died from heart attacks you know like why are you going out of your way there this is not a conspiracy episode but uh you know if you go on bit shoot you know conspiracy youtube conspiracy theorist youtube you're gonna find out right away that bob saget died from the vax which fuck maybe he did um so trust the science and it, it it's really cool because i started i found this um i found this website that has medical school lectures on it it's called ninjaner.com and it's this incredibly obviously very 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 intelligent like biology teacher who's giving you these medical school level lectures on basically everything. I think everything you would ever want to learn in medical school is on this ninja nerd website. There's just these YouTube videos and he's telling you like, he's going to, he's, he's sort of gi giving you, um, 
he's telling you what the medical board exams are going to ask for. And so he's giving you all these little side little things to know about gene splicing and all this shit. So I spent the better part of Saturday learning about um, uh, DNA transcription, which is the process that happens inside of a cell um, where DNA is converted to uh, trans converted to micro in this particular lecture cart, uh, uh, microRNA. He focused specifically on microRNA, or not micro, messenger RNA, mRNA. And it's this, it's this guy's talking for an hour and a half nonstop. It's just the densest lecture ever. But it was not undigestible for me. I'm like, this part of me was like, I could have been a doctor. Like, I understand this. You know, if I, if I watched, if I went to this lecture in medical school and I took good notes and I went to the library after class and I committed it to memory, it would take a few hours. And then I went to like the teacher's office hours just to clarify some things. I would understand the process of DNA transcription, right? And then there's translation, which is what happens when the mRNA leaves the cell. I forget what that is, but that's the next video. Trust the science, right? So I'm getting, I'm like breaking things down to this scientific level and discovering science-wise because science, all the information is there. It's all fucking there. And knowledge is power. And you can go to these medical journal websites and just download PDFs for free. I mean, maybe there's like a little monthly subscription, but I don't think so. You can just get this shit. All the information is available, right? So you can go online and you can just get... You can go to the, you know, the YouTube is less inclined to post stuff about the Canadian truckers, but you can go to BitChute and you can actually watch footage of the protests, the Canadian truckers protests, and you can come to your own conclusion about what's going on on the ground there. But, you know, the interview, like they're interviewing these truckers and the truckers are just like, this is the greatest experience of my life. We're so much unity. It's amazing. And it just, it looks like this deeply sort of patriotic type of thing. And it's, it's affecting like radical change in the policies of the provinces of the Canadian governments. It's, and, and Trudeau's kind of like, you know, Cliff High says he's, he's, he fled, he fled and nobody knows where he is. And he's too much of a pussy to, he doesn't know what to do with himself. Cause he's too much of a pussy to really stand up to these guys and like, you know, release the hounds, so to speak. Um, if you listen to the Ben Shapiro podcast episode from yesterday, he's, um, there are some quotes from some of the Canadian police that are incredibly disturbing. Like they're capturing the information of all of these people. But, you know, Cliff High says the, the people have taken the power back. And once the people have taken the power back, that creates re that creates revolution. And I see this as, as uh, this is a spiritual thing. This is a we will be free because you could say whatever the fuck. I don't care if you want the vax. I want you to have the vax. If you want the vax, I want you to wear a mask. If you want to wear a mask, I have never had any judgment about, uh, you know, regarding or of people who want to be vaccinated and who want to take the mask or want to want to wear a mask. I um, have. It's really disturbing when you bump. You know, every three or four people or two people or three people is um, pretty dug in <clears throat> regarding their beliefs. Um, that you should have the vax, that vaccines should be mandated. And that's, that's fucked up because if, if you were to take the information that is available in this research study I mentioned and actually ingest it, you would be singing a different tune. And so there's this whole mass mind control thing that is 
disturbing AF because this is still, by definition, a medical experiment. And so if you go down the conspiracy route, right, and you hear people saying it's the greatest medical experiment in human history, which I would argue that they're right, right? And then people say it's genocide. Maybe it is. I don't know. You know, I have a friend that says, I'm not going to say it's evil. And I'm like, well, I think it's evil. But that's just my opinion. That's just a, that's just more, it's, it's intuition more than anything. But then to, to re-presence the concept of projection, I have a lot of projection. I'm projecting plenty. So I am a person who's more inclined to think that there's an evil plot. And what then is the relationship between projection and, in, in, and intuition? At what point, how does what you're projecting um, interfere, how does, how do your projections interfere with your intuition? How does projection interfere with intuition or muddy intuition or distort intuition? You know, but I've gotten some pretty clear downloads as have a lot of the other spiritual people I know, but then you've got spiritual people getting downloads that we all need the vax. So who the fuck knows? Maybe everything's right. Maybe it's all right. Who knows? <clears throat> well, I'll be dead soon enough, and I'm going to leave you at that. Thanks again for listening to the Magic Pisces podcast. Peace and love. I do.